What's going on everyone and welcome to the 185th installment of the Bench Time podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley of Wiley Scale Modeling. And it's uh it's February now, February 1st, and we have Brian Wolf from Mainline Hobbies on this this week. Um Brian, I have a funny story before we get into everything. Um well you already know that we had some obviously some technical difficulties getting you on the line here for a few minutes. Um, but my dad texted me to make oh, no. sure I had the right phone number for you. And it ended up being mm-hmm. the, it ended up being a little, a couple digits off and it was the, it was the Walmart pharmacy phone number. So <laughs> on top of the yeah. other, on top of the other issues that we had, I, we almost dialed Walmart pharmacy. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd have made yep, interesting. Like, oh, no, 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 not that, not that phone number, not that phone number. It's Walmart. <laughs> Don't call that. One. Uh, so uh-huh. we all, that would have been fun. We'll call them next time for the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, uh, but thank you so, for coming so on the Brian's, show. Yeah, thanks. Sure. We, we're glad to have you on, and we had you on a, a couple years ago, and uh, you know we we had a great time talking with you. For anybody out there, our listeners, before we get rolling into it. Brian has Mainline Hobbies uh, Supply, which is uh, in um, Blue Ridge Summit, Pennsylvania, uh, at the top of the mountain, uh, just uh, the beautiful, of- bustling town yep. of Blue Ridge Summit. It is a nice little town. <laughs> it is. It is. Sure. It's just, yeah, you just said you, you get some elevation going up there. My ears pop on the way up. You know, there you and go. Um, but it's yeah, it's a little southwest of uh, Gettysburg and Fairfax, uh, Fairfield. Uh, town in Pennsylvania. Yep. So it's uh, um, you know, we're we're through there. I go up there and visit a lot. Um, it's not and far for listeners. It's not far for people our our Maryland listeners. You know, the Hagerstown area, Smithsburg. Right. You know, I'm sure you guys get a lot of uh, Maryland and PA customers in there. Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. And, and I'll do. be honest, with you, we've been to hobby shops. Brett and I, we've gone to some of the big shows and such, and. Uh, and we've been to hobby shops from Massachusetts to South Carolina. And I'll be honest with you, I I will gladly say, and I'll be challenged out there by anybody else, but the supply that you keep on stock is unrivaled. And I, I always enjoy going there. I know usually I'm going to be able to always find something I need. And uh, it's a very well Probably it's me. It in my opinion, it's the best maintained. I got to turn my my phone down here. Best maintained uh, supply and uh, you know just real good service. Yeah, well stocked. It's the best hobby shop I've been to. So, well, thank you yeah. guys. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, really do. And I'm so, not. And I'm not gonna lie. I um, I I've been bad. And I'm not. I'm not proud to say this. I have not been down since COVID. Unfortunately. Um, for multiple reasons, just because you know I've got kids growing up and everything else, and that everything else threw a wrench in it the last couple of years. But I do plan to come down here sometime shortly through the winter here and pay you a visit. <clears throat> and actually, before we get into the store itself, I had a question for you, Brian. Um, sure. Are you planning to still have the Blue Ridge Summit train show in the spring here? Is that we still a have, thing? We uh, have the South Mountain Division. Yeah, the South Mountain Division. Uh, We'll have their clinics day on April 8th. Okay. All uh, right. Doors open at 9 o'clock, and the clinics will run into the afternoon. Awesome. Cool. Very well, cool. I think my dad and I should try to make a point to come down there again for that. Yeah, we were going to do yeah. that 
they they asked us to do some clinics there last year, and we couldn't. We had other uh, plans that we couldn't make it on that April, but we'd like to go do that. We we had a, lo- a lot of fun doing that in the past. That's yeah, a, that's a really cool division that they have going on there, and uh, yeah. so we'll make a point to stop up and visit and, and check it out. And and I can cool. attest, I've been there to your shop over enough to make up for more what Brett has <laughs> going there. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in there a lot lately, you know, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. I love to drive up, so it's great. I always stop at Tommy's um, uh, Pizza Shop in Gettysburg for lunch on the way, and then hit you, you know. So, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's always a great place to go. So yeah, um, but yep, we'll definitely be up there for that show. Have you ever thought about speaking of clinics? We were talking about the clinics that they do there at that at that event. Um, have you ever thought about holding clinics there within your within your shop? If we had room, that's our biggest problem. <laughs> you know, so you give it, you give, you take. So you you right. pack it out. So we had the best. Uh, but you know, then you limit yourself, of course, with room for having clinics. And I get that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Un- unfortunately, I mean, it's something that we've always wanted to do, and we've tried to do it at our open house when we have the layout tours. Mm-hmm. But everybody wants to go see layouts. Sure, sure. So that. that's why uh, you know the, the thing of of having clinics day um, has, has really worked out very well. Everybody seems to like it, and everybody asks about you know, are we going to do it again next year? Right, um, right. All the clinicians, uh, they, they enjoy it, and mm-hmm. they all say, "Well, you know, we might be given a clinic, but a lot of times we learn something too from somebody that's just setting in on the clinic." Right. Oh yeah. So it's it, it's a give and take, and uh, yeah. works out very well for for everyone. And that's the wonderful part about this hobby is no matter who you talk to, or you know who comes in or out of your shop, or goes to his clinics, and whoever we talk to at train meets or shows is that we all learn from each other. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a that's a huge benefit for for the for the entire hobby. It's something that you don't see so much in uh in other hobbies. Uh with the sharing and the, and the being willing to help one another. Uh you know, and picking up and learning from other other people. You sometimes uh in in the modeling hobby, other modeling uh ways uh or other hobbies, people keep their right. skills and their and their techniques and things close to their vest. And don't share them. And uh, I don't see that hop happen with our hobby. No. No, everybody's always willing to help. And it's like we get customers in the store and, and somebody asked a question. And there's always somebody that's got their way of doing something, too. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they everybody kind of shares uh, or, you know, helps out with everybody. Yeah. And it's uh, – I, I, you don't see that with a lot of hobbies. You really don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no definitely don't. Definitely don't. No. So one of the things though, we wanted to talk to you about is uh, products that are new out in the market. Like you know, it, it could be anything um, that you that you're trying to that you're seeing that's coming. Maybe not a lot of people are familiar with. Is there anything out there new that you've been pushing? Like I get a newsletter in my email about mm-hmm. once a week or so. It's got some new train or you know new new type of product coming out. That you're, right. that you're pushing. Usually it's trains. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, right now is uh, 
Oh, wow. Where to start? <laughs> KV Models out of Canada uh, has a HO scale two-truck Shea coming out. Uh, something that's been missing from the hobby except for the brass since Bachman made theirs, you know, like 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that'll be a, a new line that we're, we're picking up. Um, then uh, Arrowhead Models. They do highly detailed HO scale freight cars, very limited production. Uh, they do like they're doing a Rio Grande hopper. Okay. They'll do 12 numbers and that's it. Oh my. Yeah. They, they do the one car at a time and that's it. And, and like uh, Blaine Hatfield, the, the owner of uh, Arrowhead, mm-hmm. uh, he says, well, the thing is, there's only so many dollars out there. And if you throw 13 road names with 12 numbers each, mm-hmm. you know, it, it limits the, the consumer on what he can buy. Right, sure. Where if you stick with one road name, do that, and then go on and do another road name down the road, it uh, it frees up money to do a little bit more stuff. It's also kind of like uh, um, I, I equate it to. Has everyone ever been to a cheesecake factory, or like, a, mm-hmm. or you go to a restaurant where the menu is huge? And uh, Brian, like, we go completely off scale on things, so off topic on things. So yeah, so I, I'm interested to see where off this the rest. No, no, this is good. This is good, and this comes from like my marketing background too. Uh, you know, all, all you're doing so far is making me hungry. I know cheesecake yeah. and uh, your okay. favorite restaurant, but like what? No, but I'm saying like if you ever go to a cheesecake factory, and this is with any restaurant, and anyone can think of this restaurant, you go in and the menu is is way too big, and you almost also get right. for newer consumers, you also almost get that paralysis analysis of like, what do I do? What do I buy? Like, is too many selections, and we've seen that. Yeah. I, we see that in in this hobby as well. Sometimes there's too much to choose from. So yeah. yes. the menu's too big, so it's cool to hear that someone's coming out with a very, you know, a smaller selection of, of you know, locomotives or even stock, you know, stock to buy uh, in the hobby. That way you're not, you know, they're not flooding the market with too much stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tangent started out that way, uh, HO scale models. High quality, uh, the best out there, I think. And uh, now... You know, he used to do a, a release every couple months. Now he's every month kicking out something, a new paint scheme or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, you guys come in and say, you know, there's just so much. W- w- how, how do you choose? Right. Right. And, and your pockets yeah. are only so deep. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I even come into your shop and I, I don't buy a lot of train stuff, okay? Because right. we do more scenery things. and but it, But I go in there and you have the best selection of vehicles. Nobody has a selection of vehicles that you do for my road I mean, we're talking about, you know, we, of course, ours are on the HO scale, but we, uh, you have all the die cast ones hanging on that back rack, uh, on that, whatever those sliding cabinet doors are behind there. Right. Then you have, then you have all the Sylvan models and mm-hmm. we, I have a stack pile of them here and that I haven't even put together all of them yet. Um, and then of course, you have other die cast, little odds and end die, but there are so many choices. Because right. and I go in there and I'm like, I gotta get some vehicles. because it's one of the, it's one of the things in, in the hobby that number one, vehicles aren't really uh, low price. They're for whatever reason mm. you can go out and buy a match 
Well, it's, it's like it's like buying it's okay. like buying it rolling it's like buying rolling stock for your your layout too it's like yeah. but the but the vehicles are, yeah. are a tenth of the size and they right. they cost the same mm-hmm. as rolling stock <laughs> I know. And and so you go in there with so much of a budget in mind and I'm sure this is every hobbyist no matter how much money they have they know this is what I'm going in this is what I'm going to s- spend and then so I'm sitting there looking at all your selection. This is what's great about your hobby shop is I look at the selection of those vehicles and I'm like, ah, well, I want this one, but I want this one and this one and this one, but I only want to spend this much. So do I take right. that one or this one? And it, so it's, it, it puts you in a quandary and then you get in a car and I'm halfway down the side of that mountain. I'm going, shit, I should have got one of those other ones. I should have got right. that too while I was there. You know, and mm-hmm. I, and I, of course, it, you know, but that's, but that's a good thing. That's what keeps people coming back. There's a habit. Right. However, you know, like you said, this is, this is great on the scale of now what you're talking about with these cars. Are they, are they kits that need to be built or are they already pre-built? They're already built. They're already built. Yep. Yeah. And, We're talking about the freight cars now. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. They're, they're, yep. They're all, they're all pre-built. Um, the only ones doing kits is. Atlas does some of the old branch line 40 foot box cars in HO uh-huh. and uh, AccuRail. Okay. All his stuff is still kits. Right. Uh, and and we, we stock a lot of it and we sell a lot of it because there's still people out there that, that want to put something together. Sure. A and lot of the guys. They're like, oh, go ahead. And, 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 you know, they're along the lines of the old Athern Blue Box, the Shaker mm-hmm. Box stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a good quality car at a, a lesser price than. One that's already put together, right. um, you know. But then you, you were talking about vehicles. Uh, yeah, the, the Sylvan cars. We've got over three hundred models on the shelf. I uh, know it's crazy. Yeah, and it, and it keeps bringing out more, and we keep running out of room to put them. But I know, you know he takes puts them out. Wow. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then Burkina, they've come out with uh, highway tractors, HO scale highway tractors, which are oh, nice. are truly incredible looking pieces uh, of. Uh, Art, but yeah. they're they're thirty couple dollars a piece. Yeah. So you know, well, do I want that or do I want the freight car? It's right. uh, yeah, it's it's. I realize it's it's hard on the customer because it's hard on us knowing what to order. Uh, I, yeah. I'm sure it would be. I'm sure it yeah. would be. And then you don't want to overorder anything that you end up getting stuck with too. So right. Yep. That's the key. But yeah, I mean. Now, uh, when you said about the the boxcars and such, we a lot of our listeners, there's many of them that we get on. We have our Facebook page for Wiley Scale Modeling, and then we have and there's thousands of people that are in there every day checking things. And then we have uh, our um, HO Scale. I'm oh, sorry, the um, our overtime at the bench um, podcast specific uh, group. Uh, Facebook group and there's you know hundreds and hundreds of people in that and uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are, are, are do like to model and do amazing work with building and painting those those cars and it, right. it's just incredible work on some of them um, and these are a lot of them are true artists and they they love working with them and uh, they do a great job so I'm sure them, they're very interested in hearing about these they don't have to be built. A lot of them take already pre-built ones, and uh, they love doing that, anyways. And uh, they just, you know, either either repaint them or paint or you know weather them or whatever. But it's, it's just it's insane the detail they come out with on them. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's like 
uh, well, Burkina, like I'm saying, has brought out highway track. They brought out a uh, 54 Peterbilt. I think they, they called them needle noses. Well, they put uh, disc wheels on them. Well, those tractors originally came with spoke wheels. Uh. So, you know, and, and then you can put the headache racks on. And, and like you're saying, you can super detail these things up and make your own, own model out of it. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, getting uh, about detail parts, I know you, you hit up the titchy rack every time. <laughs> I and, do. I'm in there quite a bit on the titchy rack. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's, I don't know how many numbers on that rack, but, yeah. you know, he keeps bringing out more more items, windows and doors and, and signs and stuff like that. Sure. So it uh, it keeps growing. Yeah. And that's good. That's that's what the the hobby needs. Well, one of the one of the cool features about your shop, and I wish most I wish other hobby shops did this. This is where I think a lot of them drop the ball, and that is in the detail part of what we do, and that is the scenery part. But I'm talking the little diecast metal details and and you know boxes and crates and shovels and mm-hmm. parking meters and you i mean you you've got it i mean it's all over there it's scattered all over the place <laughs> i often need your help or one of the uh, one of your employees helps in there to to look stuff up and find stuff for me uh but it's you know you got it all you got you know all, all those little mini detail parts that, that create the scene i'm not talking about the vehicles and people which you have as right. well um, yep. I'm talking about the, the the piles of junk and the, you know all that stuff. It's it's there. He's not um, calling yeah. and he's hey. not calling Brian's products piles of junk. He's saying he's no, saying no no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no no no. Well, I know. You know if if you want a horse saddle, we can fix you up with an SS limited horse saddle. There, uh, there you go. You know it's that kind of stuff that you want to to fill right. in the scene with. So Brian, right. and, there's uh, a lot of yeah, a lot so, of. A lot of people love to do that. So, Brian, right now, what would you say is like the the hot item um, currently at your store? Like, there's there's probably you probably go through waves of demand, uh, whether it's something new that comes out or like a trend. So, what do you what are you seeing that is like the in the modeling world? Not even railroad specific, because I know you have some other stuff too. Like, what's the hot thing right now? For the past month. The building kits. Okay. Oh. I think everybody's, you know, inside. They're cooped staying up. Staying warm. Um, yep. The The other thing is uh, uh, Scenic Express uh, Super Trees. Oh. Which, oh, we love them. Yeah. They, yep. they, they come in as fast as we get them, they're gone. And, and we can't keep them on the shelf. Hey, that's a good yeah. thing because you know what that so, means? It means... Uh, yeah. There's a lot of layouts out there now that uh, have some awesome looking trees on them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's that's been the the big thing is the uh, the buildings and, and scenery stuff right now. Do you find um, Do you find that the buildings are Is this like a seasonal thing? Like, is in the winter in the winter do you go through a lot more scenery and building parts because people are just you know cooped oh, yeah. up and doing more? Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's when most of the work gets uh, done on layouts. And like guys were in, you know, past couple of days, saying, you know, it's going to get cold next weekend. <laughs> got to have something to do. So we got tracks, switches, <laughs> and buildings. Nice. Um, and yeah. 
Yeah, you wouldn't think we, they're different okay. than us, Brett. We we would build we build buildings and stuff all year long. Well, yeah, we but never it's stop. it's funny. It's but, yeah. it, it's funny that he he said that it's kind of like it's weather driven. Kind of you know when the weather gets bad, yeah. everyone buys milk and eggs and and bread. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, and then they stop it. And they know the weather's gonna get bad. They stop down at uh, their local hobby shop and pick up pick up some stuff to work on when they're stuck inside. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 A lot of guys, you know. Or into golfing. Well, they're not golfing when it's 10 degrees outside. <laughs> 20, yeah, but not yep. 10. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, uh, it drives the, the business a little bit. So this weekend, you may, uh, you may actually, it's supposed to be cold Saturday, so you may be doing some business on Friday and Saturday. Um, well, we hope so. <laughs> we hope so, yeah. <laughs> um, so the other, uh, yeah, so you, you brought up structures. Uh, you have a lot mm-hmm. of... Uh, um, a lot of structures up there, a lot of walders. I I have some that I bought from you that are not yet put together. Uh, some some buildings and I have so many I have so many kits, uh, craftsman kits and uh, pla- plastic kits that I had not put together and built on my shelf. But um, uh, you have a great selection of all those, especially the walders. Um, just about anything you can find because we we do tend to build a lot of structure kits. Um, that are that are craftsman kits that are made of mm-hmm. you know your 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 base you know your basswood and all, all that stuff and and right. um, we do a ton of that and then we do a lot of, Brett and I do a lot of, we do and our listeners too do a lot of scratch building. However, um, you know we've all come to realize and I think I'm seeing it more and more lately in this portion of our hobby, the craftsman side of the hobby, um, where. You can't just have all wooden structures on your layout. You got to have some brick, you know. So, right. <laughs> so coming in and buying those kits are awesome because you could come in, bring them home, and and paint them up and put that, you know, put that brick structure on your layout. Um, or you know, if you're not modeling the, the older ages like we are, um, there's there's so many more modelers that are modeling. I'm noticing. In the, the era of like the 60s and 70s lately seem to be real popular and mm-hmm. um so you have many structures that would fit all of that and uh right. yeah so it's so it's important not to just you know for all of us and um i've i years ago in the hobby i used to see people building uh layouts and and you know doing these super detailed structure kits and scenery uh, for their layouts, and all of their buildings were, you know, clapboard-sided buildings, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm seeing a better mix of it now, which is really right. cool. Um, and and I love coming in there and picking out. I I love building them as much as I love building a craftsman structure. It's all what you can do with it and what you want to do with it, and you can you can either slap it together real quick and put it on your layout, and they'll be just fine for what you want, or you can detail that thing out. Add extra pieces and parts to it that you have in your shop there, by the way, and and uh, you know or paint it out to make it look like every brick is absolutely real. Um, so it's all what you want to do. So it's all built there and ready for you. I I think you have an awesome selection. You do have some Craftsman kits on the shelf too, I believe. Um, right, a couple. Yeah, we've yeah. got a few. We used to carry a lot of the uh, microscale models. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, that just kind of died off. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, the Walthers. We try to keep the entire line on hand. Uh, American model builders mm-hmm. uh, keep a lot of their stuff. 
And a lot of folks come in and, you know, I built all these plastic kits. I want to try, try a wood kit. And, yeah. I, you know, the American model builders, you, yeah. you need glue for the four corners and put the roof on. And everything else is self-adhesive. Right. Uh, and, and they come back and, well, you're right. That's easier in a plastic kit. Yeah. yeah. And it looks better, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and like I said, the uh, the plastic kits had their place. I was in there, um, boy, that was uh, in in last spring. And I was down there, and I I was putting together a red light district, and it was like some CD theater district type of thing, modeled out of the the block down in Baltimore, and um, you know just to have that bad side of town, you know, and uh, right. and I needed a theater. And I was in there looking at theaters, and it's the goofiest find. I don't even know who the hell made the thing anymore now. <laughs> um, it was up on the top shelf. I was just looking through all the boxes, and it was on the top shelf. It's not even a full building. It was like a storefront of a theater. Oh, who made that? It looked like it had been sitting up there a little bit, too. But I, I, <laughs> I grabbed it and looked at it, and I was like, this is the coolest thing. Well, who made that thing now? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, but... And uh, oh, so I grabbed uh, that in your shop. I've never seen one like it again anywhere. I even tried to Google it. And uh, I could Google it, but I couldn't find anywhere to buy it. They had people that had used it, but I can't right. remember what it was. But like I said, yeah. you, you know, you got a good selection of all that kind of stuff that, you know, and some eyeball things that, you know, that a lot of people aren't going to have. Um, I just recently, I put a tower. Oh, that's the other thing. I, put a, I bought a water tower from you down there. And uh, put that on there on this new diorama thing I'm working right now, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's a that's also a, a Bachman. It was already pre-assembled. You just slide it out and stick it on, and and then uh, you can I weather it up obviously, and and uh, put a decal on. And yeah, you know, it's they're marvelously built. They're real good. I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, it's just and for us, it's a break. You know, sometimes you need a break from just doing the same wooden structures over and over again i'm not knocking wooden structures we love doing them but um right you know you it you know it's you need that you need to v off veer off into another into another area of the hobby where you can you can you know get a break from doing the same old thing so mm-hmm. so that's great yeah. um on um we did uh, new products, so we did vehicles and figures. You have lots of figures there. I've been painting a lot of figures. You know what's hard to find? Nobody's selling unpainted figures. Unpainted figures. What's that about? Uh, well, man. that's a good the question. <clears throat> yeah. Evidently. Yeah. What's the deal with Prizer? We we were buying Prizer unpainted figures. I think I have like, I think I have like four hundred of them or something like that. We got to paint, but 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 um, are they? Are they going? Is Prizer going out of business? Did you hear anything along that lines? No, I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, we just people come in and say, "Well, I want this," and you know, like last year uh, before Christmas, somebody wanted Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and uh, they come in the week before Christmas. They they showed up, so it only took a year to get here. But yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think Walters is the only importer uh, of Prizer, and. Uh. Uh, uh, that's the only place we we have found to buy it recently. Yeah. Uh, we used to get it elsewhere, but that was ER Models, and they they closed up shop. Right. Uh, but yeah, unpainted and painted. It's uh, yeah. 
it's it's been a, a push trying to define stuff. Right. I mean, I, now I've been I I went in there just recently and right around Christmas and after Christmas, and uh, I was just there a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago, and um, mm-hmm. um, I noticed uh, the Woodland Scenics is making more and more figures, and right. they have they're making them they're making them really nice. So they're the ones that are pre painted, you know, mm-hmm. um, and there's 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 a good selection of them. They didn't and when they first started out with them, they didn't have a whole lot of them. And that right. seems to be growing, and the quality of them seems to be good. Will and Scenics, uh, I've noticed, is putting out some pretty decent product here. Not just the figures. I bought telephone poles from you too that are already pretty strong. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I did a whole thing on our on our page about those, uh, and they look so real. I mean, right? And they were so easy to put on. And I was like, mm-hmm. why would anybody make their own now? And, yeah. Uh, obviously, you could make them and it'd be cheaper. I get that, but you're not gonna get the. You're gonna put a lot of time in to get the quality you get out, and they're made of wood, right? I think or something. They look like they're made. Oh, they of look wood. they look good enough to be wood. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I put them here on on the the O gauge layout on the layout. Mm-hmm. Uh, used them there, and I was very impressed with how how easily they went together and and they look good. Oh yeah, and you just slide them along and place them where you want. Yeah, tighten it. Put the strength of the pull it to get the strength you want or the or the uh, the tension you want on the lines, and glue it and done. I mean, it was mm-hmm. sweet. I mean, I I detailed mine out a little further, and right. put like transformers on out. If you saw pictures of them at all on Facebook, and then I put little extra lines on them running from the transfer. Uh, tra- uh, tra- uh, anyways, uh, lines <laughs> yeah. on run to different buildings and such. But uh, yeah, transformer. But um, yeah, I mean, so but they're, but they're awesome, and and that's something that I've not seen before. That they're that that Woodland Sinks. How long have they been out on the market? Do you know or? Uh, probably six months now. Six months. Yeah. 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 Probably six that, six or eight months, something like that. And that you know they they were coming out with those vehicles that have the lights in them. They, you know, you right. just, They light up, and now then and then they. And they also have street lights that are awesome looking um, that you can get. Uh, they're, they're already pre lit and, uh, well, I mean, they're, they're wired. Um, and, and, and they're, they're LED. And they're LED, which is which is huge now. So right. the nice thing about, I'm thinking, with the LED is with the lighting, that seems to be where every, everybody's going with this, is you don't run that risk as much of, you know, some kind of electrical fire problem or something like that on your layout. You know, right. they're very you, bright. You don't have to worry about melting anything down. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, that's, that's great well, that, that they're coming out with. And the awesome thing about the Woodland Scenics ones is they they plug into those blocks. Mm-hmm. So you don't right. have to worry about, you know, um, the the voltage or whatever on the line on on your wiring or everything you just you get they all come in those plug and play packages. Oh right. yeah, that's sweet. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, I mean, we, you, you might have to daisy chain a couple together, but those power packs make everything super nice. Yeah, yeah. The plug and play is a sweet system. Yeah, and uh, for someone we, who we, does not want to wire that. every little light, it's a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not real good with a soldering iron, so uh, yeah. No. But now, um, another thing I noticed that you have there is uh, your scenery product. That's that's the big one for us. Uh, um, everything, 
you have every type of grass, every type of of ground material, um, all the stuff you need to create your scenery. It's a whole one huge corner of your shop. And it is, again, Woodland Scenics is a big portion of that. But you have other ones. You have the, you know, the, the all the scenic express stuff. Um, the hecky stuff, uh, the uh, JT products, and trees upon trees. I went in there looking for trees, so I don't. Ha- I don't want to sit here and make trees. I had the super trees, and we made those. Okay, mm-hmm. but trees are making trees is a time a very time consuming thing. Okay, and some other right. people can make. I don't want to get myself all wrapped up into making a lots and lots of trees outside of the super trees. So I went mm-hmm. down to your shop and I went in and there's you have all kinds of different pine trees and trees you can the trees you can make that are from Woodland Scenics and the kits and um, you know different types of material like that. The JT has a bunch of trees. Uh, it's impressive. It's not just that. It's it's the super turf um, that, that all the Scenic Express stuff is some of the best stuff to use. By the way, uh, when we go to some of the train shows, when they used to have the the uh, Fine Scale Expo. Uh, Scenic Express, the guy that runs Scenic Express uh, from out there in Altoona, he would set up his whole uh, his whole line of stuff. It was, you know, he's got great product. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, the scenery stuff that you have is just it's it's the place to go, in my opinion, to get scenery. And you people that are out there listening and stuff, but, um, Brian, I'm sure gladly you would mail order stuff too. So uh, oh, yeah. look him up at Mainline Hobby. Yeah, his site uh, actually supply. says um, here. Yep. It was uh, what ten ten ninety five or something shipping. Yeah. Uh, oh, 10, the reason I say that ten fifty yeah, shipping ahead, for Brett. purchases up to two hundred and fifteen for anything over, and that's pretty flat rate, as I understand, right? Yeah. And and well, and the thing is, uh, like a lot of guys go, I just want a decal. Okay, we'll package it up, and a lot of times. We'll charge you just what they charge us. Yeah. Um, and and that fifteen dollar fee, okay, you pay the fifteen dollars, but it, it's only, you know, nine dollars to ship it. You right. get six dollars back. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's so, sweet. Yeah. So you know, we're not trying to make any money on shipping. We just but, want to get the product out there to you. Yeah, sure. But you have and, to. And, and, guess, I'm, I'm sure you have to okay. put that up there as a. As a just as a base price, because you you know sometimes you lose. As I know, you sometimes you lose a little on shipping. Sometimes you gain a little on shipping. But uh, it sounds right. like if you're if you're a little over what you paid, you know you guys make it right. So yeah. And, and yep, one, the reason it. I brought the shipping up was is sometimes when I've been when I've gone to hobby shops in the past, not not yours, um, or I, I contact somebody online, and I've ordered a lot of stuff online. Let's go that way. I've ordered mm-hmm. a lot of stuff online, and um, and I'll contact the hobby shop and say, "Hey, can you ship this out?" Well, I don't have it in stock. You have to wait for it to get here. Blah 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 blah. And you may still have to do that too. I mean, that's 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 the nature of the business. Okay, but uh, you have a ton of stuff on stock. So uh, the reason I was telling our listeners is, hey, if you don't want to sit and wait. For I've called XYZ company and said, uh, you know, or co- got them online and you get on there and you have to order it and then they have to wait for them to order it and then they have to get back to you. And you have to do that too in some cases. And we understand that so people have specific needs. However, right. you already have it in your shop, it's getting to them a little quicker yeah. and you have a well mm-hmm. supplied shop. So that's why I brought yeah. it up to our listeners on that. So, well, I, I, 
I've seen shops where, uh, like, the Woodland Scenics racks are mm-hmm. are empty. Yeah. And, oh, what's on back order? Mm-hmm. Our Woodland Scenics, if we sell it over the weekend, we restock it by Tuesday or Wednesday. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing. You, you can't have empty shelves to, if, yep. if you want to be a store. you got to keep the shelves full, and that's, that's what we, we try to do. I, I had that down here on my list of questions here, and I think – I'm going to let you finish here in a second. But, but um, one, of the hot, the hot, one of these things I see with hobby shops, that there's a lot of hobby shops out there that struggle. And um, I think that may be part of the reason. Is the fact that I'll uh, myself personally, I'll go in there and it's like, ah, oh, you don't even have anything, you know. And then I mm-hmm. want to order it. And I'll say, well, you know, I, I I'm looking for this. Oh, I don't have it. But I, you know, I say, well, yeah, I see that. And well, we'll order from you. We can order from Walters. And I get that. That's where they have to get it from. And I get that. Right. Okay. But you know, I if. If they don't have a lot of the things, I, I'm, I'd gladly order something if it's not in stock. But if you have right. like everything on my list that I came for and it isn't there, there's a good chance I'm not coming back. You know, mm-hmm. and and uh, that and that's 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 got to be for, that's got to be tough for hobby shops out there. You know, I, and I wonder, you know, it's it's just a matter of they don't have enough going on that they're not selling it or they're not busy. And there's probably a multitude of reasons, but right. um, I think that's got to be the main one for why hobby shops struggle is because the customers come in and they can't find what they're looking for. Right. So. And, and and you guys have been here and you've seen how organized we try to keep everything. Mm-hmm. And and we get a lot of compliments on that. Yeah. From other hobby shop owners yeah. that, you know, sneak in and, and just to see what's going on and, you know, and, and how we're doing. Because I do that myself. Yeah. I've been from here to California in hobby shops <laughs> and that's where we got the sliding wall idea at you know hey we've got twice as much wall space now because we have a sliding wall i was wondering uh, about that i love that thing. <laughs> yeah it, i mean it's 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 neat but it gives us a whole lot more space to hang product out it's not oh, in yeah. a box somewhere oh, yeah. um so it's uh uh it's just something you got to work at yeah to keep the shelves full yeah yeah hey brett and, and that's yeah okay go, i'm sorry go ahead Brian. No, go ahead. I'm good. No, well, uh, those those sliding doors. When you go in there with me, Brett, when we were in there past, when I when I'm in there, first of all, anytime I'm in there, I'm like a kid at Christmas. Okay, so, but, and you're all excited. You're in there, you're getting the things you want, right? And then you know they have those doors, and you slide them. There's all this cool stuff on the door, mm-hmm. and then you slide the door. There's a whole nother row of cool stuff behind <laughs> it. Yeah. So it's like it's like that. It's like when you go to the to the fun house and you're having a great time but you push that wall and the door opens up to a secret room with a whole mess of other cool stuff uh-huh that's 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 what it is definitely yeah i, I that's it that's anyways no no it's funny now, yeah um now can i can we switch uh tracks here for a second i don't yeah, i don't know sure. if we talked about this the last time we had you on brian but can you give us like a little history of you know the store and its inception and everything. I know we, I don't think we covered that last time. I don't think we did either. Kind of, you know, your background sure. and how you started it up and, you know, what made you want to get into this crazy world of owning a hobby shop. I'm sure, I'm sure you've got plenty of stories too, but. Well, there was a long story leading up to it, but it was basically, uh, uh, like 
you all were talking about going to hobby shops and not getting anything. Uh, that's what happened here. Went to hobby. Well, if you pay for it now, you know, when it comes in, I'll call you. Yeah. And that just didn't set well with me. Uh, we had two little ones at home. The wife wanted something to do. Uh, well, this be uh, a good, you know, part-time job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had room at the house. We uh, remodeled our garage, opened up that way, uh, and expanded there. And after six years of being attached to the house and everybody and his brother using our bathroom, which was fine. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I said, we, we got to do something. Uh, because we, we were stacked floor to ceiling down there. Yeah. And... Uh, this lot was right up the street from the house. It was available. Uh, and we settled on it on a Friday afternoon at 2.30. And at six or at 5.30, we finished pouring the footers. And Saturday morning at 6.30, we started laying block. Nice. Uh, the following Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, we were setting trusses on the roof. Um, so the fellows I worked with, we, we built it. I did all the wiring and and plumbing and uh, uh now was that's your, pretty much how the store got here did you have a background in in that previously that to know to do that my background was high-rise construction i worked for miller and long down in dc doing okay. high-rise uh but at this time i was working for uh, uh frederick county as a building inspector okay so i worked with a bunch of great great carpenters and uh they said well you get the permits, we'll help you build it. Nice. And and that's what happened. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it worked out. A bunch of us got together, and, and we threw this building up. And uh, it's been here for, I guess, 20, 26 years this year. Nice. Wow. Very cool. Uh, I didn't. I know we didn't cover that yeah. last time, so I was just interested in, like, you know, what, your, uh, what the background of it was a little bit. It's kind of neat that to know that you had – your hands in it too, like from the ground up, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had my hands in it, a little bit of blood too. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy working with my tools. So yeah, uh, but, hey, uh, yeah, that that's kind of how I am. Uh, I got a funny construction story about our layout, if you don't mind me for a second. Um, sure. <laughs> my dad will laugh about this. Uh, right after we recorded the last show with Bernard. Um, from mini prints, yeah. For, yeah, from mini prints. Um, like the next night, my wife and I were do, we were doing dishes or whatever, and the sink backs up, and I'm like, oh no, you know. All right, well, first your first go at it is I'll just get some Drano, I'll check the trap, make sure the trap's clean. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we we have an older we have an older home, um, and it's it was evident of how much how old our home was by the this plumbing nightmare that i had so real quick story the the owner like a ranch home like a longer ranch home usually your plumbing runs down mm-hmm. runs down the center of the house like towards the the septic or the or the main sewer line well right <clears throat> the 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 center of our basement is also where the layout is so right above the basement right above the layout i mean is the is the uh the drain line for the kitchen so I get down there. I have a snake. I have a, a 30 foot drain snake. I, I snake it out. It comes back up. It's all claw. It's, it's pulling out 
it's just grease. The whole twenty, the whole twenty-five foot or thirty foot of snake is grease. And I'm like, oh, this is not, this is not good. You know, I started out in right. the plumbing industry, so I know what I know what this is. So I get underneath, mm-hmm. I cut a section of pipe out, like down farther down the house, and it's it's solid, like <laughs> solid grease. And yeah. uh, so I start working my way back. Well, inevitably, it goes the whole way back, basically to the kitchen on our little ranch. Our, our house here and uh mm-hmm. so i the, above now i'm trying to tower over my layout with all this work we've done trying to <laughs> delicately cut pipe out that's draining from the sink and it's claw i'm it's so clogged, glad i was not there it's clogged the all whole right. way back man i had to replace 60 feet of drain pipe uh <laughs> and oh, and four and and you know 30 feet of it's directly over our layout and i'm trying to not get anything on i got a little bit of mouse poop on there but that's about it uh but i i laid some tarps down and nothing got damaged but but it's you know similar not not similar to building a building but you know it's good to have those skills uh to know even for what you did whether you're building a building or you're doing your own thing this is not modeling related right but it's good to have those skills and and know how to get your hands dirty from time to time whether it's um I'm so glad that that, that, that leaked out over top and landed on our layout. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. It was bad. It was well, really so bad. I'm so glad I wasn't there. I'd have been losing it. Hey, but you know what? The good news I, is... I shared a... The good news is my mm-hmm. house from my house all the way to the septic tank has brand new brand new PVC drain pipe the whole way out. Oh, good. Anyways, what... There you go. You said you share when a similar... You, when you uh, go to sell it, that'll be a plus. Yeah. <laughs> You said there's you have a similar uh, nightmare there kind of story. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I just uh, reposted something that was on Facebook there yesterday. It said uh, about I forget exactly how it went, but it was uh, if you get involved with model railroader, you become a carpenter, electrician. Uh, you know, you learn all these skills, and you have to think things through, mm-hmm. and how much of a learning experience it can be yeah. to just be a model railroader. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think and, uh, by, and the more you do the, you pick up other skills. Like my dad said, he's not good at soldering, but I'll do the soldering. You learn how to mm-hmm. solder. You learn how to right. wire. You learn how to work with, even though it's not two by fours and, and large scale things, you learn how to work with lumber and, you know, it's small scale, but yeah. you pick up some fine motor, finer skills like that. And it's, it's good. Yes. Fortunately, you don't have to learn it plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep, so, that's for sure. <laughs> oh boy. The um. Sorry, you, you we, went way, of, scratch, we, we went way off topic of building, there. Yeah, scratch building products, and a lot of people. I don't know if they realize. I know when I go into the store, you have a lot of people that are that are there shopping. They all seem to be on those main rows. Um, mm-hmm. uh, where the scenery and buildings and trains and such are, but then in the other cool, in the other back half, you got, and this is what's really cool for me. I love this, okay, because uh, this is where, this is where I can't find stuff from other other shops for sure, and that's in the scratch building materials like strip wood, okay, mm-hmm. um, uh, panel, you know, um, clapboard, strip wood. Uh, all those types of things you get from uh, I'm not sure which wood company that you use. Uh, I can't remember. I I probably have it up here in a packet somewhere from stuff I bought. But but um, who 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 do you get that strip wood is from? Which company? 
We, we have both Northeast and okay. uh, Mount Albert. Oh, okay. So you have them both. They're, they're the yeah. two Bs. And, yeah. um, and those guys from Mount Albert, they're, 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 they have great stuff, too. Um, anyhow, yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, but you have that back there, and you have all the styrene, all the different types of styrene, and the, the you know, styrene rod and strips and you know, uh, sheets of, of different thicknesses. And, and that's awesome because a lot of places are missing out on that. They don't have that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and whether you're a craftsman structure builder or a craftsman builder or not, or you're just a, a model railroader that does pre-built stuff, there's things that you still have to make on your own. Um, you know, and, and a sheet of styrene goes a long way in, you know, adding something – up to the, you know, put it in between the rails so you can make a road over the top for styrene is over a, the railroad. Styrene is a very yeah. versatile material. Right, right, exactly. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but a lot of you know, I, you know, a lot of people need to know when you go to a store like like you like Brian's here. I mean, you look for that because the, he's got that supply of that stuff, and it, it's it's important to have those types of materials, whether you're using them all the time or not, to have some of them at home on hand. Uh, for your use, and uh, yeah, we've got but, got the the smaller twelve inch pieces of plastic mm-hmm. truck and evergreen, and then from yep. plastic truck we've got the big uh, uh, two foot by by one foot sheets. Yes, which you know a lot of guys doing these steel mills got these big buildings, and yep. there you have it. You don't have to be splicing pieces together to to get your side walls and your roof. It's, right, it's already two foot long. That's awesome, and, and that's another thing too. People that make, I guess, they use that material for making their own rail cars as well, uh, in mm-hmm. some forms. So the guys that scratch yeah. build that stuff. So yeah. that's it's huge. Then we have we, we have Grant line for bolsters, and then KD mm-hmm. for your 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 grabs and your ladders and your trucks. And yeah, I mean, pretty much everything you you could think of to build scratch build a car. Yeah, um, we've got it. Oh, I've seen every de- all the detail parts for cars and trains that you have down that one row, and it's just insane uh, the amount of the amount of stuff that's there, which is which is awesome. I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a it's a hobby shop wonderland for me. Um, but uh, now, anything new that you're seeing out in new in technology? Um, you know, we see the we talk. You know, we all know about you know the, the technology with with um, uh, running D- DCC and all that, um, we run mm-hmm. DCC as well. And uh, but you know, it, there, there's always seems to be, and I'm not up on it. Uh, any new technology that seems to be coming out is this is an ever evolving hobby that way. Have you heard of the Blue Nami's? No, that's from Soundtracks. Um, that is a sound decoder. Right, right now, that's all they're making is sound decoders. Mm-hmm. Um, that all you need to do is have power to the track. You download their program, their app, and you you have a command control system right there. Oh That's my! It. All, it, all it takes is a decoder and power on the track and their app, and it's it's a DCC system that runs off of Bluetooth. Oh, oh wow. my goodness! So you don't even have yeah. to. You don't. Yeah, I mean that takes all the. Uh, you run it from your phone. It takes all the programming yeah. and stuff out of it for, for us common folk. Right. Uh, you, <laughs> it, yeah. You you don't have to worry about uh, a command control system of any kind. 
as long as you've got a tablet or your phone, you've got it. And the, oh, and the really nice thing is with it, where now if you want to program a, a regular decoder, you've got to go into the CVs or you've got to use JMRI. Uh, with this thing, if you've got a tablet, you can click on lights, and it'll bring up all the lights in the world, the functions and all that. And all you have to do is click on it to make it work. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's a, a drop-down screen. It's super easy to use. Uh, if somebody wants to see it, they can go to Soundtracks' website, and they have a, a, a YouTube video there uh, where you can just go to YouTube and, and uh, you know, view the Blue Nami. Yeah. It's it's a really impressive thing. Uh, the price of the decoders, uh, I think, are one sixty nine, huh. which is oh, only bad. you know forty dollars more than than a standard sound decoder. Yeah, yeah, and oh it's a two God, amp decoder. Sad. They have they have four amp decoders uh, coming out here. I think next month or the end of this month. Um, so guys with G scale and and uh, O gauge or O scale can get in on this the same as uh, the HO guys. Oh, my goodness. See, that is so cool. I would mm-hmm. never thought that. To be able to run yeah. my phone, my my train from my phone, my train stuff from the layout right from my phone. Right. You can do wow. that now with with a lot of the systems. Right. Uh, but but you need, to, need an interface. Where here, you don't need the system, you don't need the interface, you just need the app. And it's, uh, I I think that's probably the up and coming thing for, for a lot of people. I think that's, I think that's a fascinating. That's awesome. You can do that. Well, I could, so I can be in Middletown at my job. (laughs) No, Bluetooth. (laughs) And run my train. Bluetooth, dad. my house and put some cameras on it. That's different. That's, (laughs) nah, I think with Bluetooth though. In Mechanicsburg, I. Nah, with Bluetooth, you have to be nearby. Uh. It's not Wi-Fi. No, you have to be in the vicinity. Yeah, of it. yeah. But okay. but don't get okay. with, with the way that these smart home technologies are getting cheaper and cheaper. Don't yeah. don't think that there won't be someone out there that develops something where you can do it via Wi-Fi. Yeah, because I can turn lights mm-hmm. on and off in my house from my phone anywhere in the world. It's coming. So right. Yeah, that's coming. Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. I, I should have. De- I shouldn't have even let that cat out of the bag, Brian. I should have <laughs> developed that a, a smart layout that you can control via Wi-Fi. Yeah, See, I put go. it up in my. I put it up in my office. I'd have. All, I'd probably get some extra I just, mo- monitors and such in my office, and then I know, but now and all the people there would we think just, I'm a nut, nut job. We just let our million dollar idea out of the bag. Listen to that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now you, you talk about running the trains from work. Uh, I was on layout here a couple of weeks ago, and when COVID hit, he installed cameras on his engines, uh-huh. cameras all around the layout, and when he has op sessions, um, there's a guy in Baltimore that runs one train, a fellow up in Long Island runs another train. Oh, my. He can run the whole layout with just two people, one man to work the yard, throw the switches, and, and do the uncoupling of the cars, and the other oh, guy that's... just is a, a troubleshooter. Oh, so cool. Yeah. That is, that is cool. It's amazing. Like I said, the technology is coming out now. It's got to be amazing. There's so much available in this hobby right now. And, and it drives me nuts to hear people say, oh, the hobby's dying. It's not dying. Nah. No. In fact, I think it's reviving um, because of technology, because of 
I think COVID had something to do with the fact that people have gotten back into it. Um, I'm mm-hmm. seeing it flooded. I'm seeing a flood of amazing model railroaders and fine scale modelers out there that are all over the social media right now. It is it is insane. Every it seems like everybody out there has their own group, uh, a Facebook group, or some kind of a website or something going on where they're and it's it's just blowing up so right um i don't see that as a case so for years i'm sure you've heard it too um for mm-hmm. years i've heard people say oh the hobby's dying the hobby's dying yeah it's not man it's it's it's, it's just right now i think it's going through a regrowth myself but right yeah un- unfortunately there are folks dying but i think the hobby is still good and strong yeah. Uh, it's just moving. And we we see that every day here. Yeah, it, right. it's changing, but that everything changes. Yeah, right. Sure. So, uh, yeah. But so. so, right? You got anything else? Uh, no. I actually was more interested in his background in high rise structures. Now that he said that. <laughs> <laughs> so now let me uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you. This isn't modeling related. I mean, it kind of is on a full mm-hmm. scale. Yeah, what's we're builder people? So yeah. what's the what's the what is like? So what did you do when you were? You said you were, you know, in high rise construction. What was your main, um, like your main part of that? I was a form carpenter. Okay. So the Miller and Long is a concrete company. So when we'd start a building, we'd put the footers, the foundation, the walls in, and then as we'd go up, uh, you, you have your concrete columns, which are stack full of, of rebar, reinforcing rod, and then we would set scaffolding and build a floor, a temporary floor, and that would support the concrete floor that we were going pour. And right. we just kept stacking the whole way up. Okay. So let me mm-hmm. ask if you can tell, what is your favorite project that you're on? Like you're, you're, when you, I'm sure you drive by, you've driven by, by a building or whatever, and you, you say you can work, you've worked on it. But like, what's that? What's that building that sticks in your in your mind? Is like that was a fun, that was a cool one we did. I enjoyed all of them. <laughs> Howard Howard University, we did two dormitories at Howard University, and and that was a a, a learning experience. Okay. Because Howard University is not in the best part of D.C., no. uh, we saw fights. We saw, oh, yeah. we found dead you, people on the job. I mean, it was you name it. Oh, every day it was Lord. something different. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow, yeah. bad bad part of town for uh, drugs yeah. at that time. Okay, oh, now yeah. what what was the highest building that you worked on? <laughs> we could only go fourteen floors in the city. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm D.C. area. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a it's yeah. a it's not a very tall city. No. Okay. No, I think I think fourteen was the was the highest that uh, we could go down there. Is that because that of all the air traffic between Reagan and and Dulles? I'm sorry. What was that? Is that because of all the air traffic in Dulles and Reagan so close by? I believe it was because you can't be taller than the the, the monuments. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense too. Yeah. If you think about yeah. DC, Dad, there's not there's not a lot of tall architecture in dc um yeah, you get the right. your monument and maybe the dome of the capitol building is like yeah. the two tallest 
structures when you think about yeah, the skyline got... of DC. Right. Right. It's a big city, but it's like yep. really wide and flat. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, see I'm how just... we see how we yeah. go off the key. I, I was just interested in that yeah. because, like, you know, that that's a you're involved in in probably a lot of buildings that people drive by every day and and uh, have no, you know, the the what interests me with cities and construction and stuff like that is like even if it's a highway or whatever, there's there's always hundreds and hundreds of people that were involved in that project that after it's over, people don't even realize that. There was a whole team of people. There was a whole team of people that were involved in it. Whether it was a plumber or a uh, a form fitter or a the electrical guy or whatever it is, the surveyor. Right. Um, so it's it's just interesting to me that how we forget that like everything you see infrastructure or building wise, uh, you know, there's a whole team of people that were involved in that project. We just take it for granted that it's there. Yep. Right. But yep. yeah, it's it's that that's interesting to me. I, maybe I think too deep about that stuff, but I think it's cool. <laughs> so, so when are you gonna build a a, a hobby shop here in um, Harrisburg area? In Newville. So, yeah, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Newville. I'm in Mechanicsburg. Now we don't mind. We, uh, for me, I love the I love the drive. Nah. Um, it's for, for me. It's we, a great. We weekend. have a new piece. We have a new pizza shop up here now. So oh, yeah, good. Check that out. Yeah. So I might not have to go to that other pizza shop I mentioned. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Is that real close by? Or? Yes. Um, it's up in, across the street from what is now the library, the old Western Maryland train okay. station. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Used, well, used to be a diner out. that a lot of folks visited. Uh, uh-huh. A lot of guys would come up uh, from D.C. area, Alexandria, and... Uh-huh. They they go up to the the diner for lunch. Well, it closed up. Now it's become a pizza shop, and and they serve uh, a real good pizza up there. Oh right. man, right. sounds like, like pizza. Sounds like a trip. I gotta go now. I gotta there try the pizza. I am a I love. Who doesn't love pizza? But no kidding. Yeah, I'm down for pizza and visiting <laughs> you guys here this this winter. <laughs> yeah, you go. Yep. Maybe Brad and I'll stop here in the next week or two and visit you. See see what we can do. Definitely. So. Okay. Well, okay, I think hey, it's Ken. a wrap. What do you think it's a wrap, Brett? I think so. How you? How you feel, Brian? Yeah. Can, can I can I throw something in there about East Broadtop? Oh yeah, definitely. Interested? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, please do. Our our fans love that stuff. You 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 know that they fired sixteen up day and moved it around under its own power. Oh, I did not know that. Now yes. was that a oh, rebuild? Great. Yes, that's the first engine to be re- completely rebuilt. Okay. So and nice. get, for 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 my dad and I's sake, please um, give us a little bit of uh, background on we're, what sixteen. We're train challenged. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but give us a little background <laughs> on the on that on that locomotive. On the east, well, on the east broadtop itself, or just that no, engine? On that engine. Okay. Uh, the last time that engine operated was 1956. Uh, they never used it during the tourist years, and. Uh, when the foundation took over the railroad, they figured out that 16 was in, in the best shape of all. Uh, so they rebuilt pretty much everything on, on the engine itself. Um, and had a brand new tender built and, uh, it's back under steam. Oh, I'm looking at it now. So, so that will be 
uh, next weekend is their winter spectacular. Um, I was told they probably won't be pulling trains with it, but it will be under steam at that time. Nice. I'm nice. looking up pictures of it right now. Uh, on, on do they do up at East Broad Top? Do they do excursions and such as well? Right. They have uh, four and a half mile out to Colgate Grove, the old right. tourist uh, part of the railroad that they ran okay. for so many years. Sure. Um, that's that's all been rehabbed. They they have a uh, uh, ballast tamper and regulator now, so track works really good shape. They've been rebuilding the track in the yard. That's our main focus right now. Um, they're finishing up the, the car shop, the south end of the car shop. They've rebuilt uh, the doors, and uh, they're hoping to finish that up here whenever they can get good enough weather to work on it, I guess. Um, because this weekend is a work weekend up there. Mm-hmm. But they're they're only calling for it to be like 20 degrees during the day. Right. So nice and warm. Yeah. Nice and warm. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking forward yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they have a volunteer track crew that works two and three days a week up there, uh, right. replacing ties. They've rebuilt the, uh, the coal tipple house, um, the rip track. And uh, once they get some grading work done out at Jordan Summit, they're going to start laying track south towards uh, Pogue. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. That's a... That's been they've been hard at work at it now for some time on that. When did they right. start? When did they start kicking up on on this particular project? On what the engine or no the, well, the they really come into their own East Prototype. I'm seeing a lot of advertising for it and and such right um, in the last several years. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but I don't know how long they've been at it business wise uh, to try and draw people uh, in. I think February was, yeah, I think this month will be the two-year mark. Okay. They've been I, I thought it was just a couple of years. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. They made great progress in a short oh, span yeah. of time. I'm looking yeah, at... The, uh, the friends have done done a lot of work up there. I'm looking at, on an old com, uh the history of number 16, and it's actually, like... It's a cool locomotive. It used to... Uh, what, what did they say that here? Let me go back. I, I went down a, a rabbit hole here, which is typical on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> this happens all the time. Yeah, it entered but, the age of modern steam in 1916. So it's 108 years old, which is... That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it received its first of three large Mikados. Right. Uh, and it says... Unlike the previously smaller locomotives, number 16 came with superheaters, piston valves, and southern valve gear. Um, and it used to pull empty hoppers from Mount Union, PA, to Rock Hill in one train, literally clearing out the yard. So I guess it was like a it was a transport train between yards. Um, and underwent an overhaul in 1955, but it only made a few trips in that f- final year after it was overhauled originally. Um, before the railroad shut down and the East Broadtop Railroad um, just, you know, it went out in 56. So, you know, it just sat right. dormant for, you know, almost 70 years. Yeah. Yeah, if, uh, if anybody is interested, they can go to uh, Facebook, go to East Broadtop Railroad, and there's a video on uh, uh, the engine there. Now, oh, cool. I'm going to do that. I have a question, and if you, if you can't answer this, 
just just tell me because you're not the lead historian there. I, we're not we're putting you on a spot here, Brian. But um, where are they? Did were all of these locomotives left like in a in a a storehouse or a yard? In the roundhouse. Okay. Yeah, they 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 just shut the railroad down. Uh, like if if you uh, their shop complex up there. Yeah. Before they started rehabbing everything. Uh, they gave tours, and it's like everybody just went home for supper and never came back. So it was like a time oh, wow. capsule. Oh yeah. So it's yes. it's basically like it, a time capsule complete. to 1956. They just shut the doors, walked mm-hmm. out. Yep. Huh. Wow. And then yeah, obviously, and it obviously the the money involved with it and the work involved with it, you know, it takes some time. So it take you know it takes a it takes a while to get all of these locomotives up and running so to get one functional again is is a big undertaking right yes and uh now 16's pretty much done now they, they'll you know they'll break in and break it in and have all the the little bugs to work out of it yeah. and then uh number 15 will probably be the next engine that they, they bring back online yeah nice. um, but they, they've gotten three of their four brand new passenger cars on site Two of them were already in service, um, so the, it looks to be a, a really good year up there. Yeah, yeah. Now, now when yeah. they when they rebuild one of these, uh, that money that they're using is that donation money? Is it you know, you know who funds that? Well, I'm sure them giving uh, tours too raises some. Well, money. right, I get that. Sure. Well, well, uh, I think the way that works is uh, the foundation, the owners of the railroad, they're they're taking care of all uh, the locomotive and, and maintenance costs on all the cars and okay. the locomotives. But then the friends, uh, we do fundraising every month. Uh, okay. They they send out, you know, hey, we need some money. Yeah. And we, we have bought uh, pies, all the supplies to rebuild the buildings. That's awesome. Uh, uh, the Kowalczyks had paid to have several of the buildings jacked up and leveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of the material, or most of the material, uh, the Friends of East brought up. Have, uh, nice. So it's oh, that's great. It's all basically I funded. Love that. It's all funded through private donations of the members or Friends of East brought up. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think that's great. We love that. We're history, we're history buffs and history fanatics. It, it's also uh, both cool. Of us and, uh, it's also we've cool. seen that we've seen the work that can be done with that. It's also cool to yeah. I mean, so my dad and I, I want to put a pin on what I was just going to say. My dad and I have a couple friends that work for the um, Shenandoah Valley Battlefield Preservation, um, mm-hmm. and it's very similar. Now, obviously, they're not building local, they're not rebuilding locomotives and working with steam, but they're you know they're they're going through through private donations and and fundraising. To um, land. P- to buy and preserve land, and even there was a couple of circumstances where through the Shenandoah Valley, where they were buying land from, you know, competitors like Walmart and and places like that, and 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 actually securing land deals to preserve these things for hundreds, of, you know, the next ninety nine or hundred years, from you know mm-hmm. your your WalMarts or your Costco's or whatever from coming in, and turning yeah. a battlefield into a a big parking lot with a big department store, or a big warehouse on it, and uh, right. 
it's it's neat to see it. It's a different, obviously, a different application of of funds, but it's a it's a cool way to preserve our history. Otherwise, which would have probably been flattened and taken to a scrapyard. Uh, and right. the, and the other thing I wanted to say, which I said I put a pen in, when you said it's there is a break in period for these steam locomotives. I'm not a I'm not well versed in steam locomotives. Is it kind of like a new car where? Um, you know, they tell you not to drive your new car too wildly when you first buy it. Uh, you got to have a break-in period for it. Uh, is a steam locomotive very similar? You said they weren't going to pull anything with it yet, but it'll be up and, and running and functional for a break-in time. It, it's it's working all the little bugs out. Okay. Of it. Um, it is a complicated th- machine. This locomotive has... Yeah, it's it's yeah it's it's a complicated machine. And, and, and uh, the crew that's working on it, they're all well well versed in it. Um, Dave, who's the chief mechanical officer up there, he came from the Strasburg shops, uh, and, and him and and Lynn Moniner, uh, who was chief mechanical officer at Strasburg Railroad, uh, have been working side by side on all this stuff. Okay, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of knowledgeable people there, but like with anything, you got to run it and try it and and uh yeah see what you got to fix in the meantime you don't want you don't yeah. want to you don't want to put a load on that uh engine when it's fresh out of the shop and then you got to go back and do a bunch of repairs i i, I you know you want to get it fine-tuned before you you hook it up to something yeah now so, uh, yeah they you know by by spring they'll they'll have a a steam train run it'll be rock and rolling that's sweet now one other question yeah. and i and, and I apologize for being interested, like super interested in, the, in this in the last couple minutes here. You were saying that the Strasburg Railroad folks were um, the Strasburg Railroad folks were, were were pitching in on this. Is there kind of a, a mutual collaboration between the Strasburg people and the East Broadtop crew, or is it you know they're they're working together, or is there or is there some kind of you know bond? Well, between them? East Broadtop has their own crew. They, Dave had worked at. Uh, Strasburg. Okay. And when this opportunity at East Broadtop came along, he, he moved up there. Gotcha. Um, and Lynn Moniner, who had been the chief mechanical officer over there at Strasburg, uh, he is on the board of the, the foundation. So he, he is one of the, the board members sure. uh, and takes care of all the, the the technical end of working on, on cars and locomotives. Gotcha. Because of his experience from from Strasbourg. So, uh, yeah, they've uh, got a really good mix of, of people up there that, you know, seem to, to know what they're doing and and they're doing it. Yeah, no, it's great. And it's... now as far as the shops, uh, if, if old stuff interests people, uh, like we were talking about the shops, that is all line shafts up there. Belts and line shafts runs all the equipment in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I love yeah. that kind of part of things. The machinery and, and, and it all works. Oh, uh, wow. They've, they've got everything leveled up and squared up, and they run it off an air compressor. Oh, and, wow. Uh, it's all yeah, functional. when you take the shop tour, yeah, they turn everything on and everything moves. Huh. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Man. Yeah, definitely. This is, definitely. This is cool. Now, um, the, our area... Brian, we, you know, we, you know, living in this area, we're very fortunate with historic railroads. Because if you look, even if you look at historic maps of railroad lines in the in the country, 
the our quad Wait. our area of the country is like you can't even see the outlines spoiled, of the, you can't even see the here. outlines of the state because there's so many <laughs> old historic railroad lines um you know everywhere even if it's smaller stuff right. like i do uh, a lot of i spend a lot of time in the woods do a lot of trail running and up like i don't know if you know where tuscarora state forest is Mm-hmm. But uh, north of me here, right. in the Tuscarora State Forest, there's a bunch of small lines that were from like logging and coal mining areas that are just like right. There's no more track, obviously, but just these little tiny. The, they might be a mile long. They'd run up the mountain and back down, and they're just these old railroad beds up in the mountains, just buried under, you know, a hundred years worth of leaves and sticks and stuff falling on them and and it's interesting there's probably a name for those lines there are we just don't know well it might have just been a it might have just been the company that owned that the operation at the time you know to get it down towards a main road so they can get their logs out or get um what you know if they were logging that mountain to get it out but our area is when you get into the depths of it is scattered with just old like railroad beds you know you can see them once you start looking for them like these raised areas uh, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep, that it is. So, anyways. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me get that plug in there. No, sure, I absolutely. appreciate it. I, we love history, yeah. too, we have, so we never so mind. So many people, so many of our listeners are well-versed in train lore, train history, and all the lines. We, unfortunately, are not. We're, mild, we're just fine-scale modeler guys. We have but we like the history of it. Test. We love the history. We love the history of everything, and and right. but our listeners are going to eat that story up. So yeah, uh, that's that's oh, good. Be, yeah. So all right. Well, yeah. so I think well, I, I'm good. Actually, I'm all. I'm actually going to spend are. the night I mean, looking up. Some about building a shop in Harrisburg, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> right there. It won't happen. We use when we do modeling. We do a, we use a lot of. Uh, of the paints and, and and materials and stuff too, uh, that uh, that are used by, um, you know, uh, the military modeling community and, and and such, which are like AK Interactive and Vallejo and things like that. To me, um, mm-hmm. and to me, uh, and you know, obviously you don't have those in your in your shop, but um, I was that was one, well, of, we, one of my questions is when you're going to get that stuff in. We, we have picked up. A small Vallejo rack. Oh, okay. uh, we started carrying some more of the the Tamiya stuff. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Well, the Vallejo rack that only took two and a half years to get that. <laughs> Everybody blamed it on COVID. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> we, we do have that now. It's got got uh, the basic colors in, like twenty four colors. Right. Uh, okay. Right. And now that scale coat has went out of business, supposedly, uh, we're looking at. Picking up a couple other lines. There's a, a company out there, and the name escapes me right now. They have uh, announced that they're going to bring back 30 Floquil colors Ooh. in the lacquer base. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we, we've been in Floquil. touch with them, and yeah, uh, we've been in touch with them, and they said when you know we get up and running, well, we will contact you. So. Uh, and then True Color, he just keeps kicking out more and more stuff. I don't know if right. you guys used the True Color stuff I, or not. But, I have uh, it. I use a lot of uh, AK Interactive or um, MIG Ammo. Um, we use mm-hmm. and we use a lot of acrylics uh, yeah. that are from. Uh, but I will say you know, though, I was craft, we use craft acrylics and 
and but we also use a lot of um, uh, acrylics that are. I, I'm using uh, some of the the Vallejo stuff, and right. And now I've stepped into this. Well, I haven't tried it yet, but we're going to, we're going to step it into some airbrushing. So Ooh. we'll see what that's about. But, now, but, uh, I, will, yeah, I, I will say, if you get those um, flow quill colors back in, like not you in general, but if, if yeah. you can get those flow quill colors back, like that's going to be huge because that oh, that was, yeah. I think, oh, my yeah. first for, foray into model paints is those old flow quill bottles. And the problem is now, if you have any left over and you were holding on to them, they're so probably dried out and just chunks in the bottom of the glass jar. Like you can't, you can't even find much old flow quill anymore. So. <laughs> Yeah. Right. People that yep. were stashing it, they're they're out of luck because it's going to dry up. So I'm interested to see yeah. if that if that takes off because I um I would definitely that was be... owned by wasn't that Tester's in the original Flowquill? Right. Yeah. 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 But it was better yeah. than Tester's. And then, then it got sold got sold to Rust Oleum, and then it all yep. went downhill from there. And they had some of the best. They had some of the best colors that you can't. I've tried to recreate some of those colors. And I've tried other paint companies that said, oh, Can't these are the it. same color matches. And they're not, man. They don't work the same. They don't apply the same. That was that was a unique product. It was toxic as yeah. hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why we're all but, a little yeah, What is it anymore, right? Right, yeah. yeah. But Put the mask on. Yeah. All right. Well, that's so, exciting. Good news. That's good yeah. news to hear. See? We're getting, yeah. we're getting all kinds of nuggets out of him tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> tonight and uh i we will definitely be in to visit you often and and we appreciate we're gonna i talked to you earlier before the show we're gonna try and get you on like maybe every three or four months and you said you're okay with that about the newer products that are coming out it'll be a shorter segment yeah. Uh, you know, we, well, we'll we talk can do for 15 20 can... minutes or half hour or if we go down the rabbit hole it goes longer yeah but yeah <laughs> Well, and Dad, we can always Sounds do good. we can always do the normal show and then have a cut in, like yeah. you know, a little right. feature. So yeah, right, exactly. So awesome. We'll do something along that lines. I love it because okay. I think we need okay. more. Sounds good, guys. The hobby, definitely. You got it, my friend. You have a good night. Thank you, Brian. You too. Thank you all. Night. All right. Thank mm-hmm. you. Good night.